you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Family's Fly Free Podcast. I'm Lynn Mettler, and I am just back from a week in Orlando, and I wanted to revisit the topic of what travel is going to look like this year. So after we got back from Miami in February, I shared with you some of the experiences I had, which were indicators of a very busy travel year. And we just took it up by about 10 times (laughs) what I saw in Orlando over the last week, um, which did bring in spring break, some college spring break activities. And there were some weather issues. Um, Part of the time I was traveling But I think we need to continue to talk about this year and some of the surprising things that I'm learning and reading and that I have experienced. And I want to help you continue to navigate this year, particularly as many of us are still in the planning stage before we head into regular um, grade school spring breaks and then summer vacation. So the first thing I want to tell you about is related to airlines. So Since I have been flying Southwest multiple times a year, which goes back to about 2015, I've never seen them oversell a flight. And this past week, all the flights, I was on two flights uh, going to Orlando. I connected in Atlanta and then just one nonstop flight coming back. All three of those flights were oversold. Again, never have seen that before on Southwest. And they were offering vouchers. Um, On the first flight, they were first couple flights, they were offering $600 vouchers per person if you would wait and take a later flight. And then on the return flight, they originally said they were oversold by six when we were sitting at the gate, they were looking for people to to take a $600 voucher, which people did. And then once we got on the plane, we actually sat on the plane for a while. Again, there was weather going on in the Northeast that day, which caused a sort of cascading effect of delays and everything. So I assume that's why we were sitting on the tarmac. Um, And it turns out they said that the plane was too heavy and they needed two more people to get off the plane. And they actually offered $1,200 vouchers per person. So um, a couple ended up taking that. And so they end up with 2,400 bucks to fly Southwest. So this is very interesting to me because it shows either a high increase in, in demand or not enough supply. And, um, I was reading an article this morning about comments from different airline executives and Southwest actually said that they have cut flights from March through May. And I was watching very carefully. I could see them making changes. We knew they were making changes through this time period, but I assumed they were adding capacity because demand was going up. And it turns out they weren't, they were cutting. And they said this was due to high fuel prices 
and due to staffing. Now, what I've read about the high fuel prices is it seems like some airlines are more than making up for that by the demand. And so they're making more money now. So it seems like that might be less of a problem. And Southwest is sort of known for um, buying ahead of time fuel. I'm not going to get into the economics of that, but I think they have a, a unique strategy there. So they're usually less affected by change in fuel prices. So I really think this has to do with staffing. And we know that They've been working hard to build staff over the last six months at least. So they've uh, worked as hard as they can and they still don't have enough staff because we know there's the demand there to fill the flights. And if they're actually cutting them, that's interesting. So I think as a result of this, we are gonna see higher airfares, which on Southwest means it's gonna cost more points. So again, you're gonna need an effective strategy to pay the lowest points you can using all of our tricks and hacks and a companion pasture would be handy because if one of one person in your family is flying free, they're not paying any points or any dollars. So it doesn't matter what the cost is, they're paying nothing. They're getting a total freebie. So that's uber important. Now, another thing related to the airlines that I experienced this weekend was excessive lines to check a bag. And Again, I was flying Southwest, so I only saw the Southwest line at the Orlando airport. This was on a Saturday um, in between spring breaks, I think, for different colleges. And again, there was weather issues in the Northeast, so that all these things sort of came together with high number of people traveling to create a problem. So the check-in line for the Southwest counter and if any of you follow me on Instagram at Families Fly Free, you may have seen this in my story. I shared a video of it. Was at least, at least 500 people in line to check a bag at the Southwest kiosk. So if you're used to flying Southwest, you know that one option you have is the self-serve kiosk where you go up, you put in your confirmation number, you tell them how many bags you have to check, it prints out your bag tag, you put it on your bag, and then you hand it to um, a Southwest employee who then you know puts it on the belt to go back and be loaded onto the plane. So this went basically the length of an entire city block and not just like one side of the city block, but like going all the way around a city block was the length of this line. And I arrived at the airport two hours early, like I normally do. This was my flight home to Indianapolis. And the, the line outside, you also have an option, you know, to check in outside sometimes um, with those folks, not at the indoor um, area, but outside that line, I could see went as far as I could see. And so when I went in, I saw the self check-in kiosk line. So I kept walking and walking and walking and there was no end to this line. It went all the way around the food court and around stores into like the actual, the TSA or into the security area and back around. Finally, I got to the end of the line. And so a family in front of me had a dog with them and we were talking about how crazy this was, you know, making sure we were in the right line. And so, um, the woman in the family said, well, we have a dog. So I think we're going to go try the full service line. And I was like, right. So always remember, make sure like, so how many times in my life have I gotten in a line that I wasn't paying attention? I was just following everyone else. Think outside the box for a minute. Think about what your different options are. Do you really need to be in this line? Is there any alternative that you're not seeing that you could 
go check out. So I thought, oh, that's a good idea. There's no reason why I can't get in the full service line. It's not like you have to have a pet with you in order to go through that one. So I followed them over and the full service line was probably a hundred people long. That one didn't move at all. So we were right next to the kiosks where the 500 person line ends. And she's like, why don't you just like, we could see four kiosks sitting there being unused and they weren't broken or anything. They just weren't using them because I think it was so crazy in there that Southwest didn't have an employee. Like you would have someone at a store when there's an open cash register, wave someone over like we're open down here. Come on down to the open register. There should have been people saying like, these are four open kiosks keep coming in. That wasn't happening. And so they were just sitting there unused. She's like, now don't tell anyone this. Don't tell Southwest. So they had come arrest me, <laughs> but, but this is what I did. And I wouldn't have done it if the kiosks are being used. She's like, why don't you just go over there and get your bag while no one's using that kiosk, lean over the rope and be done with it. And it was just me. And so I didn't have anyone to like stand with my bag while I went over to see if this would work. She's like, I'll watch your bag. And so I made sure nobody was using this kiosk. And I literally leaned over the rope. I know what I'm doing. I had my bag tag printed out in 30 seconds with still no one using these four kiosks. So I got my bag tag, put it on my bag. And then I got in the line to hand it to the Southwest employee. So somehow by just thinking a little bit outside the box and not taking anyone's spot. In fact, I think I helped them run more efficiently. This was one less person they had to deal with in line. Um, I was able to get my bag checked and get on to security in, I don't know, 15 minutes instead of two hours. I'm not even sure if I would have made my flight at that point. So this is something to think about too. If there's going to be long lines to check bags, you need to come up with a strategy there. I think that this could be a year where status is important. So if you do hold status with a hotel chain, with an airline, with a car rental agency, this could help you bypass the line. The one line with Southwest that was manageable was the A-list, um, A-list preferred line. Um, so that would have helped. The other strategy that my team and I've talked about is packing only a carry-on. And um this was just me. Normally I would have just had a carry on, but I was at a business retreat. I had a photo shoot there and I needed a lot of props and clothes for the photo shoot. Otherwise I would have just had one bag. So you might consider a strategy of maybe each person in your family taking their own carry on. We have always checked bags and it's never been a problem. And I've never been great at figuring out how to fit everything into a carry on, but that's a webinar we're looking at hosting coming up inside of the family supply free membership is showing you how to do that. So um, Stephanie on our team does this all the time. And so she has um, promised to show us all how to do it. So that may be an option as well. I don't love trying to go for status um, on Southwest because I think that it requires you um, to spend on a Southwest card, which I generally don't think is a good idea because you, for the most part, only get one point per dollar spent and you only get a Southwest point that you can't use anywhere else um, versus a flexible point that you could use in different ways. So I think if you um, have to spend on a Southwest card, you're gonna lose points that you could be earning elsewhere, where you could be getting double or triple points on your dollar that you're spending instead of just one. And you're losing out on a flexible point that you could use on Southwest, but that you could also use for other purposes, like booking free hotels or flying to Europe or other airlines. So I don't love that as a strategy, but this might be a year where that comes into play. Um, if you don't feel like you can just fit everything in a carry-on. Now, that's some thoughts on airlines. One last thing that I read that I thought was very interesting was that United 
said that they actually did not release their summer, some of their seats for summer until more recently, because they felt like if they waited to release them, they would be able to charge more. And in fact, they are able to charge more. I think that's crazy. So they purposefully did not release these flights or these seats um, because they wanted to charge more for them by releasing them later when demand is higher. Very interesting. Uh, so we're going to want to keep an eye on this. And again, we're going to be um, covering this in depth inside of the Families Fly Free membership to help our members navigate this ever-changing landscape of travel that we're seeing this year. So let's move on to hotels. So I wanted to share, I stayed at, um, for this was for a business retreat. So most of the week I was at an Airbnb um, for, that my business coach had rented. Uh, but the first night I stayed at a Holiday Inn. It was the Holiday Inn Orlando Resort Water Park, which was close to Epcot. And I wanted to check this out for my listeners, for my members, for my readers, because it looked like a good affordable option by Disney. And it looked really fun. So I just needed a bed to sleep in for that night. I was getting in late and then I was getting up the next morning and going to Epcot. So I thought I would just stay there, get some video, check it out. Um, so I arrived at midnight to this hotel and long line to check in to this Holiday Inn at midnight. Um, and they were plenty well staffed and the staff was did a very good job. They were very nice, very pleasant to deal with. They were doing the best they could. But the fact that we had a long line of people checking in at midnight in early March, again, I thought was very interesting. And there was a woman behind me. She worked at a resort in Clearwater, Florida. And she was telling me, we were talking about the line. And she was saying that she, her, her resort has been nuts just like this. And she said, we've been sold out since January. And if you remember my last podcast, I told you my experience of sold out hotels in Santa Barbara, sold out hotels in Miami. I was, um, we're planning a trip to Italy, which I'm gonna tell you more about in a minute, but I was looking at hotels along the Malfi coast, completely sold out through summer. Um, so this is not just an isolated incident. I really think that it's gonna be a struggle to find a hotel at a reasonable cost. I think it's gonna be very difficult to book a hotel in points, particularly points with that hotel, um, because they're not gonna to wanna to release hotels that are bookable in points if they can charge a high amount for it and get it and sell out. Um, and I was looking for um, some IHG, which is Intercontinental, that's Holiday Inn and Hotel Indigo and um, Intercontinental properties in Italy for this summer. and they weren't bookable in points uh, because I'm sure they can ask a high dollar amount and, and get it. Um, so this is something I think you need to consider. I do think you want to consider vacation rentals more and more. Um, we did look for vacation rentals in Santa Barbara and there was not a lot going on there vacation rental wise, but there were some in Miami that we could have used as an option. And I have looked in Italy and the vacation rentals are much more affordable and they are actually super charming. And in the areas that I want to be in Rome and that I want to be along the Amalfi coast where we're going at least half, if not a third, the cost of what I'm seeing hotels and the hotels in Europe in particular, the rooms are very small. So you don't get any space or um, really any kind of amenities in the room itself. With the vacation rental, in our experience, at least in Europe, we've had um, bigger space, maybe not huge, but at least a separate bedroom, some sort of a kitchen area, some sort of a washer and dryer. Um, in 
the uh, vacation rental. We actually had one in San Gimignano in Tuscany several years ago that actually was huge. And it was only like $200 a night. It was right on the um, main piazza in San Gimignano overlooking the cistern. Like we could open a window and see it. And we had a loft with several beds where our boys slept. It had multiple rooms that we didn't even really need. It had a big kitchen with a table, a big sitting room. Um, and again, that was several years ago for $200 a night, but the ones I was seeing were maybe in the 232 to 50 range. And they were about this kind of small apartment size with a separate bedroom. So that's much more appealing to me. You do give up any like resort amenities, like maybe a pool or a bar or something that you would have at the hotel or a concierge service. But in return, you get a much more affordable place to stay. You feel like a local, you get a way to wash and dry clothes. You get a way to prepare some food and have a refrigerator. Refrigerators in Europe are very small, but still some place to put, you know, some drinks. Um, so I think that'll be a good option. And again, flexible travel cards are going to come to play with this. Um, cards like Capital One, their system, um, the Chase Ultimate Rewards system are going to be important in terms of flexibility here. And you can book Airbnbs with the Capital One Venture and their travel portal um, and use your points for that. So that is a card that I'm talking a lot more about inside the membership. I think it is a good option for certain people depending on your travel goals and where you wanna stay and where you wanna go because it's gonna allow you to book anything in dollars um, and get reimbursed for it versus having to have points um, and not being able to use your points. You're, you can pay dollars and still get the hotel or the vacation rental that you want and have it erased. So um, all very interesting things when it comes to hotels. I did um, my friend Leah over at the Budget Mouse. She shows you how to save uh, at Disney. And she and I did a webinar last night with all of our best tips on how to save at Disney. And she was in Orlando at the same time I was. And she actually um, ended up booking a room over at Disney's Port Orleans Riverside. And she said that she had no trouble finding a room there. They had, they had plenty of availability. So, and I spent a day at Epcot on Monday of last week and had a wonderful experience there. It was busy, but it wasn't insane. You know, I feel like Disney has really got a handle on this and what they're doing and making things enjoyable and comfortable for people. They have a top quality experience. I know um, Leah was saying she'd had a bad experience at a Hilton in Orlando that was dirty and poorly staffed and bad food. When you stay at a Disney property, you know what you're getting and it's going to be excellent. The service is going to be excellent. You're They've really improved their food over the years. So there's a lot of great, great restaurants there. Um, it's going to be clean. You know, it's going to be a nice room. It's going to be magical. They're going to have fun things for your kids to do. The pools are going to be great. Um, and of course, you know what you're getting in a Disney park. So um, Disney, you can't go wrong, I think, this year. As long as you plan ahead, make sure you have your reservations in place, your park reservations. You understand Genie Plus. We talked some of that last night. Um, this was a live webinar only, and so there won't be any replays unless you're a Families Fly Free member, and we are sharing the replay inside the membership. But we're keeping it locked up because there are some really, really good tips that we shared in there. Um, that we want to, to keep to a smaller audience. Um, so, so that's my thoughts on hotels. Another thing that was interesting is Uber and Lyft. 
So when we were in Orlando over Thanksgiving, um, it was actually very hard. We flew in the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and it was very difficult to get a Lyft or an Uber. And if you follow Disney, you might know that they have stopped the Disney Magical Express, which was a service that would pick you up at the airport, take you and your luggage um, to your resort, and then it would they'd bring your luggage to you. Like they would get it off the, you know, the um the luggage conveyor belt and you never had to deal with it. Like you checked it in and then it showed up in your room magically, of course, as Disney does. Um, once you arrived at your resort. So they have done away with that probably because like we were finding it was actually easier to Uber or Lyft to our resort. We got there sooner. We had, we didn't have to wait on our bags because sometimes it would take several hours to get your bags from that. And so they've done away with it. So that means there's more people when they come to town are needing Lyfts and Ubers and there doesn't seem to be um, enough supply of them to fill high demand time. So we wait, it took us a while to come up with a Lyft or an Uber um, in Orlando over Thanksgiving. And then once we had it, we had to wait for like an hour for it to get to us because there was a giant line trying to get in and pick people up. Um, and while this time I didn't have any trouble um, getting one, other people in my group that were attending this retreat said they did have trouble and they ended up paying like a hundred dollars to go from the airport to this, um, where we were staying was just maybe 10 minutes South of Disney, um, to get there. So that's something you want to think about too. And I, the, really the only thing you can do with that is have a backup plan, like maybe have a number for a taxi service to call, or you may want to consider something like Turo where you actually get a car from someone who lives in Orlando, you borrow their car, you pay to use it. Um, I've talked about this service before, but we're using it for the first time when we go to Hawaii in April. And so we'll report back on that. But my team members and lots of our uh, families fly free members have used it and had a great experience with it. So that would be a way that you can get a car. You don't have to wait in line like you would at a traditional Hertz or Avis or budget. Um, you just meet the person directly at the airport. You get the car and you're on your way. And there are certain standards they require um, that the car be kept up to. So you get a good quality car and you actually get to pick the car that you want to drive, which is kind of fun. Whereas with a car rental agency, you just get what you get. You know, you get to pick your type of car, but you don't get to pick the model or the make of it. And here you get to actually know what car you're driving. And in some cases, pick a fun model that some, maybe a car you would like to drive that you've never driven before. So these are all um, considerations that I am seeing um, as I've been traveling quite a bit here this last couple of weeks. Now, the security line at Orlando, I have seen it be crazy before, and the regular security line was pretty outrageous, um, and I believe I shared a picture of that on Instagram as well. So it was really, really long as far as I could see, but the TSA pre-check line was fine. Uh, so for a minute, I thought I was looking at the TSA pre-check line, and it wasn't. It was the regular line, and I was like, oh my gosh, if that's TSA pre-check, I am purchasing clear right here, right now, whatever the cost is because I felt like I was gonna miss my flight. Um, but in this case, I was able to get through TSA pre-check just fine in like five minutes, unlike in Miami, where we did have to wait in a 30 minute line to get uh, pre-check. So, and if you would like to download my free list of travel cards that offer a free TSA pre-check credit, you can go to familiesflyfree.com slash 
pre-check. So I hope that's not all too bothersome, too worrisome. I want you to know ahead of time so that you can make your plans, that you can make your backup plans, that you can really think through everything. And again, if you want support this year, making sure that you have all the points that you need and that you're using them the most effectively, specific to what your family's travel goals are and how many people are traveling with you, and you want support of how to navigate this year, I highly encourage you to join us inside Families Fly Free. That's exactly what it's designed to do is to give your family a personalized plan, make sure that you're flying free as soon as possible, and then give you support in real time as you need it, whether it's related to travel rewards or where to travel or how to book travel or what to do if your flight is canceled. Our team is here for you um, and ready to help you through that. So you can reach out to us at any time as a member um, and we'll get back to you uh, very quickly. So as always, you can um, sign up to be a member at familiesflyfree.com join. We would love to help you and uh, hope you have a great rest of your week. Ready to fly your family free? Come join me inside my Families Fly Free program where you get my simple step-by-step -step plan and my personal help so you can make more priceless travel memories with your family before your kids leave home. Visit familiesflyfree.com join. That's familiesflyfree.com join to learn more and get started flying free today.